Well, grace and peace, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Healing Podcast. My name is Joshua Peter Smith, and I am a pastor. I am a therapist. I am a coach, a consultant, a speaker, and a spiritual advisor to many individuals across the country. Um, This is my very first podcast, so please give me some grace as I attempt this new venture um, on February 4th. 2019. Uh, Many people have asked me to do a podcast and many people have been uh, pressuring me and uh, very subtly suggesting that I do a podcast. And I somewhat wrestled with doing this because I have a lot of things on my plate. I have a lot of hats that I juggle. Um, And so I wasn't necessarily interested in doing anything new. But this is something that I finally believe that I have a release to do, and I believe that I have something to say. Um, and so I named this the Soul Healing Podcast because I believe that my purpose in life is to help people live emotionally healthy, whole, and free. That is not only my purpose, but that is my passion. I believe that the healthier we are, the more effective we are. And so when I begin to uh, attempt to give this a title, um, there were many things that I could have titled this, um, but it all came back to the soul and, and the healing and the development of the soul. And so this podcast um, is not just going to be focused on healing, even though that will be the main theme, but it will also be focused on uh, ministry because I've been in ministry since I was 12 years old. Um, I'm 33 now. Um, so I've been in ministry since I was 12 years old. I've been preaching since I was 15. Um, I've been on the other side in the mental health field uh, for 10 years, 10 years. And so um, this podcast is going to give me the liberty to kind of be um, random, but not so random because I believe in staying in my lane and there is no grace for you operating outside of your lane. And so uh, my lanes are leadership and leadership development and uh, mental and emotional health and wellness and also prayer and intercession and all things prophetic. And so this podcast is going to be all things ministry, all things leadership and leadership development, and also all things mental health and wellness. And so you're going to get a good mixture of things on this podcast. So thank you for listening to my first podcast um, and for subscribing as well. Today, I want to talk about something uh, very briefly that was on my heart today, and I posted it on my Facebook page, and you can find me on Facebook. Um, just type in Joshua P. Smith or used uh, Prophet J. Smith uh, is my handle on Facebook. Also, you can follow me on Instagram, um, and my at there is the Joshua Smith, T-H-E Joshua Smith. Uh, posted something on Facebook and then copied it over to Instagram talking about pastors and leaders and how we can uh, preserve our mental health. This is something that I've been doing for the past several years that I call Mental Health Monday and also Ministry Monday. And so I kind of want to bring that over and I thought it would be fitting to do my first podcast on this because I saw that that post got a lot of engagement on both platforms. I want to start by giving you some statistics as it relates to uh, pastors, especially senior pastors. These statistics are alarming. Um, 84% of pastors feel 
that they are on call 24-7. So they feel that they are always on the go, that there's always something to do. There's always a need to be met. 84% of pastors feel this way. 80% believe that pastoral ministry has negatively affected their families. 23% of pastors report being distant to their family. So there's a disconnect between them and their family because of ministry. 78% of pastors report having their vacation and personal time interrupted with ministry duties or expectations. 65% of pastors feel that they have not taken enough vacation with their family over the last five years. Um, just a little bit more background about me for those that do not know me. I've been pastoring uh, two and a half years, senior pastoring two and a half years for now, and I'm the founding pastor of the church that I lead at this point. 28% of pastors report uh, having feelings of guilt for taking personal time off and not telling the church about it. 90% of pastors report the ministry was completely different than what they thought it would be like before they entered the ministry. 35% of pastors battle depression or feelings of inadequacy. 70% of pastors report they have a lower self-image now than when they first started pastoring. 70% of pastors do not have someone they consider to be a close friend. And the last one that I'll give you is 71% of churches have no plan for a pastor to receive a periodic sabbatical. So no plan for a pastor to take some time off to refresh him or herself and be rejuvenated and revived. I want to give you um, kind of some strategy because that, that's the way that my mind works. Uh, I'm a thinker. I'm a strategist. I believe that th if there is a problem, there is also a solution. And so it's not enough to complain about a problem. Someone must provide us strategies on how to overcome the problem. And so in my pastoring uh, tenure and in my ministry tenure, I found that my background as a clinician, as a therapist, has helped me to be more healthy um, in this call so that ministry will not kill me. And that's a mantra that I have that I invite you. Um, if you are a leader in any um, realm, in any space, I invite you to adopt that as your mantra that ministry will not kill me. And so I, I believe that being a therapist has helped me to help myself and even to help other leaders. I always say that I do not have all of the answers, but such as I have, I'm willing to give. It is widely reported that Sunday evenings, so Sundays um, after the preaching time, after the preaching moment, when the lights go out, the people go home, ministry time is over. Um, so Sunday evenings and then the Monday after a Sunday are the highest times for suicidal thoughts and depression among clergy. Now, we've been seeing um, an increase of suicide as it relates to pastors in the news. And we have something in our culture that I call reactive activism. Reactive activism, as I define it, is when we see a pastor um, commit suicide or complete suicide, everyone then wants to begin to talk about mental health. 
talk about mental wellness, talk about mental illness in the church and how we can do better and what steps we need to take. And so everyone typically comes out of the woodwork um, and we are sharing all of our news articles and everyone is saying, pray for your pastor, pray for your leader, you know, give them a break, give them rest. They are human. And so those posts typically go on for about one to three days. And then I begin to notice that a decline happens after about the third or fourth day, all of a sudden we go back to our normal routine, our normal life, and no one's talking about mental health and wellness. No one's talking about strategies until the next time. Unfortunately, a pastor, one of our own, one that is within our ranks, commits suicide. Something has to be done. Something has to change. We have to put strategies in place so that we are proactive and not reactive. So I call that reactive activism. So everyone wants to be an activist after it's happened. Let's move to be proactive so that we can save more lives. So it is widely reported, and I've experienced this myself. I'm I'm a wounded healer. It is widely reported that Sunday evenings and the Monday after are the highest time for suicidal thoughts and depression, even anxiety, among clergy. So I want to give you some practical things that you can do if you're listening to this podcast and you are following a leader and we should all have a leader that we're following, even if we are a pastor or a leader. And I'll come back to that. But if you are a follower, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. We all need a leader. If you are a follower, I want to give you some things that you can do from the pew to help your pastor, to help your leader. Here's the first thing. Pray daily and without ceasing for your leaders. If you have a leader that you are following, they should be somewhere at the top, somewhere in the top five of your prayer list. You should be praying anyone that's preaching to you weekly. You should be praying for them daily. I said anyone that's preaching to you weekly, you should be praying for them daily. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. I'm adding pray without ceasing for your leader. The second thing, avoid all gossip, slander and innuendo against leadership, especially leadership that you are following to follow a leader. Never follow a leader that you don't trust. So in following that leader it's automatically assumed that you trust that leader. So avoid all gossip, all slander, all innuendo. If you're following good leadership and you trust that leadership, do not participate in gossip. Do not participate in slander. As a matter of fact, redirect all conversations. Don't just walk away. Redirect the conversation first. Those conversations that aren't fruitful, those conversations that aren't healthy, those conversations that don't relate to the vision and the mission of the house that you're connected to. Redirect all conversations because honor is a lifestyle and honor goes beyond what you say. Honor goes down to the core of what you do. Jesus said, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So honor is not a matter of the lips. It's a matter of the heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So avoid all gossip, all slander, all innuendo against your leader. On the other hand, I'm not speaking to blind loyalty. 
That is not what is being talked about here. I'm talking about if you have a good leader, a good shepherd, follow the leader and avoid all gossip, slander and innuendo. The next thing, bring solutions to your leader and not problems. This is one of maybe my top. This is in my top two pet peeves. If you are bringing a problem to a leader, to your leader, also come with solutions. So if you have one problem, you should come with five solutions. I'll say that again. I said, if you have one problem, you should come with five solutions. You should come with five strategies. Okay, this is the problem. And these are five solutions that I've thought of, of how we can navigate this problem, of how we can solve this problem. It wears on your pastor's mental and emotional health when you are not a problem solver. It shows your level of leadership when you're not a problem solver and you have to be a thinker to be a problem solver. So never bring a problem if you don't have at least five solutions, five strategies of how we're going to do this differently, because then you become a complainer. So, again, bring solutions and not problems. This is talking about how you can help your pastor's mental health and wellness. Next thing, execute the vision, the vision of your church, the vision of your ministry with their spirit and their heart based on their training. What does that mean? That means that your house, your church should only have one spirit. And that's the spirit that God put in the leader. God said to Moses in the book of Numbers, he said, bring out elders, elders that you know to be elders in Israel. And I will place part of the spirit that is on you, Moses, and put it on them. What was God saying? He was saying, I trust you, Moses, enough as a leader that I'm going to take what is on you and I'm going to put it on the people. I'm going to put it on the leaders. I'm going to put it on your staff. So anyone that's following you needs to have your heart and your spirit. Well, I thought I only needed the spirit of God. Yes, but you also need the spirit of your leader. You need the heart of your leader. And you execute the vision of the house, which is the vision of God, based on the spirit of the house and the heart of the house, which is the heart of your leader. How do I get the heart and the spirit of my leader? I sit and I submit myself to their training. Again, I submit myself. I sit and I hear their training. I have a saying that says I can only trust you as far as you have let me train you. Again, I can only trust you as far as you have let me train you. So what does that say? That trust is earned and it's earned based on your ability to walk out the teaching, to walk out the training. So you, you can't be trusted if you do things in your spirit which is not the spirit of the house. So to, to help your pastor out, to be a burden lifter, Aaron on one side, her on the other side, to be a burden lifter, you must do that in the spirit of your leader. Next thing, learn your leader's temperament and personality. Okay, learn your leader's temperament and personality. Everyone is different and we are body, soul and spirit. That's one of the things that I teach as a main principle of soul healing. We are body, soul and spirit, according to Genesis two and seven. So we are not all spirit floating around here. No, there are two other parts of us. We live in a body and we possess a soul. Our soul is the seat of our mind, our will, our emotions, our intellect, our temperament, our personality, our worldview.
the way that we see things. And so if you are close to a leader, you need to understand what their temperament is, what their personality is. So personally, I am an introvert. So there are there are ways to deal with me, just using myself as an example. Okay, there, there are ways to deal with me. There are ways to handle me. So people around me know, um, and this really has nothing to do with being an introvert, but people around me know that I'm not a morning person. So to schedule a meeting with me before 9 a.m., probably it probably means that you don't know your leader. To call me at 7 in the morning and it's not an emergency means that you probably don't know your leader. Okay, just an example. Everyone around me pretty much knows that I prefer texting over calling unless it, it is a business matter or an emergency. So these are the these are examples that I'm giving. What is your leader's temperament? What is your leader's personality? Okay. Next thing, respect and value your leader's voice. Always remember that your leader is a gift to you. Okay, they they are God's gift to you. He said uh Jeremiah, I believe it was, I will give you pastors. After my own heart, they are God's gift to you and you don't choose your leader. They choose you or God chooses the leader for you. And maybe that's why we have issues sometimes with leadership, because we're, we're under leadership or we connected, submitted to leadership that God didn't give us. Now, that's another podcast. He said, I will give you shepherds after my own heart. So it's a heart connection and it's a gift from God. The last thing I will give you to help ensure, because all you can do is help. These are things that you can do to be a help and not a hindrance, to be a blessing and not a burden. The next thing or the last thing is to ensure that the material needs of your leader, the natural needs of your leader are being taken care of, are being met to the best of your personal ability. So you may not be um, in a church that does a salary. You may be. But whatever you have to do or whatever you have to give, do that. Whatever the Lord puts on your heart, do that. Galatians 6 and 6 says that the student ought to communicate with the teacher, all good things to the teacher. Paul said, we have fed you naturally. We have fed you natural things. Is it wrong for us to expect? We fed you, excuse me, uh, spiritual things. Is it wrong for us to expect you to reciprocate natural things back to us? Muzzle not the ox that treads out the corn. So you want to make sure that your leader is refreshed spiritually. So that's where the prayer comes in. That's where the covering comes in. And you want to make sure that your leader is refreshed, refreshed naturally. What do they need? What do they like? What, what do they like to drink? I was in a training um, a, a, about a month ago and the trainer asked, what is your leader's cash app? Hmm. That doesn't make the leader money hungry. That means that you have a mindset of honor. The Bible says that those that labor in the word, the, lab the elders that labor in the word, they are worthy of double honor. 
And when you look up honor, it's not talking about remembrance back to the heart. It's not talking about clapping your hands, standing when they enter the room. All that's good and fine. But honor in that text and in the Greek is talking about money. Those that labor and labor well, the Bible says they're worthy of double honor. So it's not really about the money. It's about the appreciation. It's not about the material things. It's about the appreciation. Now, I want to end this with things that leaders, I want to switch to leaders now. Things that leaders, pastors can do for themselves. Because ultimately, you as a leader, I'm going to talk to leaders now. You as a leader, you are responsible for your own mental health and wellness. Ultimately, now people can do things to help you. And they can make your job easier and make things flow better. But ultimately, the responsibility for your own mental health and wellness, it lies with you. So I want to give you, leader, a few things that you can put in place because you can't put everything on the people. Because they can praise you and boost you and build you up and do all that they're supposed to do biblically and go the extra mile. But if you're not healed within, if you're not healed within your soul, nothing anyone can do on the outside can help you on the inside. So I want to give you a few things, leader. First thing is practice self-care. That means taking care of yourself. And divorcing the savior complex that you have to save the world. Jesus already did that. That there is a line and there's a very fine line that has to be drawn between self-care and self-sacrifice, self-care and self-sabotage. And you have to look at your own patterns and your own behaviors and your own lifestyle and see where you need to draw that line. Next, have a multidimensional self-care plan. This is something that I give to people that I I mentor um, and coach and even those that I counsel to get a multidimensional self-care plan in place. Actually write this plan down. So what do I mean by multidimensional? Earlier I mentioned that we are body, soul, and we're spirit, according to Genesis 2 and 7. God formed man from the dust of the ground, body. He breathed into man the breath of life, spirit. And man became a living nephesh, a living soul. So we're three-part, three dimensions. So you need a self-care plan For each dimension of self and you're not whole until you're healed in all three areas. You're not whole until you're functioning correctly and properly into your maximum potential in all three areas. So what is your plan for the health of your body? Are you exercising? Are you working out? Are you eating properly? Okay, so make a list. How am I going to take care of my body? Spirit. Okay, leader, you're pouring out to everyone else weekly, biweekly, multiple times a week, six services in a day. What is your plan to to pour back into your spirit? How how many how much time are you spending in prayer? How much time are you spending in the word? Back to these statistics, one of them says that 50 percent of pastors state that they only spend an hour in prayer each day. That's not enough for a leader, because as a leader, your capacity to pour must be greater than a sheep. So how much time are you spending in the word? Are you only preaching to study? 
to preach? Are you only studying to preach or are you studying to live? Let me say that again. Are you only studying to preach or are you studying to live? Because man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So sometimes we get so busy, caught up in, okay, I got to study so I can get this message. I got to study so I can bring fresh bread to the people. But you also must, must feed yourself. So what is your spiritual plan? All right. Then we get to the soul. That's the part that we often lack the most. And that's where I come in. That's my heart. That's my passion to make sure that we're not just gifted and and spiritually high, but that we're grounded and that we are emotionally well. So what's your plan for your soul? So what are you doing to feed your soul? What are you what are you reading? How are you nurturing your soul? And I'm going to get into some more soul things as I go down this list. Things that can help you take care of your soul, but have a multidimensional self-care plan so you can take care of all three parts of who you are. Next, find a good support system. This is so important. Find a good support system. Find community. Get in community, a community of like minded people for fellowship. Continual learning and development isolation leads to intrusion it leads to intrusive thoughts it leads you you know wide open to be prey for the enemy no man is an island the bible sets a principle in place in genesis it says it's not good that man should be alone it's not just talking about marriage it is setting up a principle it's the law of first mention It's not good for us to be alone. Ecclesiastes says that two are better than one. When one falls, the other one can pick him up. So it's not good for us to be by ourselves. One of the things that I found, and I even found myself doing it, if I can be transparent. One of the things that we do as pastors, we begin to isolate ourselves, especially when we're going through I don't know if it's because we don't want people to see. We don't want other leaders, senior leaders to see, you know, this is what I'm experiencing in ministry. I don't want that to show. I don't know if it's a pride issue or what. But these things, if I can take scriptural liberty here, these things are common to man. If your church is going through, somebody else's church is probably going through, too. And if it's not going through now, it was going through six months ago. And they can help you get over that. And even if you don't get together and talk about church stuff. Or ministry, you need friends that you can just get together and do hobbies together, that you can strengthen one another, that you can encourage one another. Leaders, just as sheep do, need community. We grow in community and we are healed in community. One of the top things on my list for 2019 goals. I don't make resolutions. I make goals, specifically emotional health goals. And I make a multidimensional self-care plan every year. And I review it at least every six months. One of the things that was at the top of my list is to be intentional, intentional about community. Now, sometimes that's difficult for me as for my personality because I'm introverted by nature. I can be by myself for lengthy periods of time. And it never bothers me. But here is something that I want to give you that the Lord gave me about five or six years ago. He said, do not let your personality stop your progress. 
Again, do not let your personality stop your progress. So when you you close yourself off in that way, you not only isolate yourself from community, the strength of community, the strength of brotherhood, the strength of sisterhood, but you also miss opportunities, opportunities that you could have been exposed to had you been in community. Had you had you gone to the fellowship? So the first thing that the Lord presented to me or he allowed to present to me at the top of 2019 was to gather with a wonderful group of pastors in this region. And it it has been an amazing time of fellowship, no competition, no comparing. Well, how how much did you bring in this week, Doc? None of that foolishness, but pure, unadulterated community right the next thing be a leader who has one i'm gonna say that again be a leader who has one every soul needs a shepherd every soul needs a shepherd one of the things that has saved me from from falling into pits and having a lot of downfalls in ministry is that i've consistently from the age of 12 to 33, I've consistently been under leadership. Even when situations went in opposite directions, I've always made sure that I've been under someone's leadership. And I've only had two pastors in my lifetime. And you can count my current spiritual father as number three. But I've always made sure that I was a leader who had a leader. Being a renegade and a wild ass. Can I say that on my podcast? I just did, I guess. That's played out. Everyone, let every soul be subject to the higher power. So the wild donkey, wild renegade syndrome is played out. Every leader needs a leader. And it will help you to avoid pitfalls it will help you to be accountable the same accountability that you ask and require of the sheep that follow you next thing go to therapy i'm so glad that the church the kingdom is taking this turn whereby we understand that therapy is not a dirty word we still have some that that are that are slow they're in the the back of the locomotive and they have not yet to take this turn but i'm glad that many are taking the turn therapy is not a dirty word. Professional counseling, I am one. Professional counseling will save your life. The Bible says, I believe it's Proverbs is 11 and 14, that there is safety in a multitude of counsel. Every pastor, quote me on it, every pastor needs a therapist. Every pa- there is too much there, there is too much that goes on in the life of a pastor, in the mind of a pastor, especially if you pastor other pastors. Now you just added more to your plate. There is too much that goes on in the mind of a pastor, of a senior leader to not have a therapist. So a therapist helps you to make sure that your mind 
is on track, that is where it needs to be, that you're processing things correctly, that you're thinking correctly, that you're focused, that you're clear, that you are sober minded, that you're truly walking in power, love and a sound mind and not just quoting the scripture. A therapist will help you to make sure that you are healed from the things of your past. Now, I know we have a lot of talk about church hurt and it's all real, but no one gets hurt like the pastor. How are you processing that? Where are you going to 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 unleash that, to dump that? Or are you holding on to it and spewing it out because eventually it does come out? In a healthy or an unhealthy way, what are you doing with all of that? Where are you unpacking that? That's what therapy is for. Go to therapy. Your friends are not therapy. The gym is not therapy. Church is not therapy. Speaking in tongues is not therapy. Therapy is therapy. Amen. Hallelujah. Next, have good boundaries with the sheep. Have good boundaries with the sheep. There are all types of boundaries. There are emotional boundaries. There are physical boundaries. There are sexual boundaries. There are intellectual boundaries. Every type of boundary you can think of is what I'm talking about. Have good boundaries with the sheep. This will keep the honor down, honor up, excuse me. This will keep you from being common with the sheep. All of that decreases your emotional health. So make sure that you have good boundaries with the sheep, with those that you lead. Back to the statistics. It says that 17% of pastors report inappropriately texting with a church member at some time in their ministry. So when your defenses are low, Samson, those are the kind of things that happen. That's related to your spiritual health. But it is directly related as well to your emotional health because it's your soul. It's your mind, your will, your emotions and your appetites. So you got to guard yourself, guard your heart. Heart and soul are interchangeable in the Hebrew. Guard your soul, guard your heart for out of it flows the issues of life. So keep good boundaries with the sheep. Next, know your triggers. Know what sets you off. And know how you're going to deal. Have a plan. That's where the plan comes in. If you fail to plan. Plan to fail. So know your triggers. What sets you off? And how are you going to deal with those triggers? Next, channel any negative energy into positive coping skills. So this really helps after... Uh, ministry time and maybe I'll do an entire podcast on one of the concepts that I teach in soul healing as it relates to crashing versus landing. So anytime you minister, you minister in the spirit. So you're, you're very you're very high up. But something happens um, when when the spirit lifts off of you in, in a sense, you begin to come down. Bishop Noel Jones used to call it being dropped. So when you get dropped, you want to make sure that you're landing and not crashing. Come on, Elijah crashed. He didn't land. That's why he was under a juniper tree asking God to take his life. And that's what happens to many ministers the Monday after or even the Sunday, the Sunday night after they crash and they crash in somebody's bed or they crash with a bottle or they crash with suicidal thoughts. 
Don't let that be you. So how do I not let that be me? No condemnation, no, no guilt, no shame. But how do I let that not be me? How do I keep myself out of the news? Right. How, how do I keep myself out of the morgue prematurely and at my own hands? I need to channel that negative energy into positive coping skills. I need to land and not crash. How do I land? What are my positive coping skills? I'm going to give you a, a couple, uh, maybe a few hobbies. Journaling. It works. Exercise. Prayer. Meditation, deep breathing, sleep. These are some positive sleep within reason. Now, these are some positive coping skills to help you channel your energy. Now, let's bring in a negative coping skill. And I have two more after this. Let's bring in a negative coping skill. A negative coping skill. And I wrote this on Facebook today. I said, stay clear. Listen very carefully. Stay clear. Because I see this way too often. I had to make this a separate bullet. Stay clear of social media. Mm -hmm. So that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Periscope, Snapchat, all those. Stay clear of social media if you're using it as a means to get your dopamine high. So I don't know if you've been keeping up um, with research and science and the news. But there's something now called social media addiction. Social media addiction is really tied to the dopamine center of your brain. So something happens when we pick up our phones. That's why we pick them up so much. App designers have really tapped into this, the the science and the psychology of this. And they design their apps so that they keep you on your phone for a certain length of time. Because what it does is it triggers the dopamine center, the pleasure center of your brain. So the more you click and the more you scroll and the more you get likes and loves and the more engagement you get, the more apt you are to stay on your phone, on social media. Because it is triggering, it's stirring up, if you want to say it that way, the dopamine center of your brain. So it is making you feel good. Okay, think about DD, dopamine depression. So you need more dopamine when you're depressed. It's a a chemical. That's why depression isn't a spirit. Oppression is a spirit. There's no such thing as the spirit of depression. Okay, that's another podcast. So depression is a medical disorder. And it's usually related to something uh, related to chemical imbalance. One of the chemicals is dopamine. So when you're depressed, when you're literally depressed, clinically, medically depressed, you need more dopamine at best. Dopamine increases your mood. So what happens is when you're on Facebook, you're on Twitter and you're getting all these likes, all this engagement, people are are feeding you. You're on a validation high. You're on a dopamine high. You're getting affirmation. You're getting fulfillment. And your mood is being boosted because you're on social media and people are praising you. Be very careful because people will watch you go into an emotional ditch and praise you while you're driving the car into the ditch. Be careful about processing deep emotions on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, Even on live videos. Be very careful of that. 
especially if you're using it as a means to get your dopamine high. That, that's your feel good chemical. It is the equivalent of using drugs, you know, crack, meth, whatever, speed to get high. So be very careful of that. There, there are other things that you can use. You, you can journal and pour out all that negative energy. You can journal, you know, using you can write, you can do audio journals, you can do video journals, you can go to therapy. You can have a sounding board. That's one person that you talk to and you know that they are really a sounding board and not a microphone. You can participate in some deep breathing, recenter yourself, get yourself calm. But if you're using social media as a means to get your high, to get your feel good, then that is unhealthy. And I only brought that out is because I, I see a lot of that happening in the social media space as it relates to pastors, as it relates to ministers. And then it becomes really petty sometimes and mudslinging because it's at its core, it's not healthy. So find other ways to express yourself. I tell people all the time, bring your processed emotions, your processed pain, your, the pain that you're done with and that you've overcome. Bring that to the table, not not the raw stuff that you're still dealing with, because that's not the space for it. It's emotionally unhealthy. The last thing is take vacations and sabbaticals and feel no guilt about it. My definition of self-care is temporarily neglecting responsibilities, temporarily neglecting responsibilities and feeling no guilt about it. Ministry was never meant to kill you. Yes, Paul said, I die daily. This this flesh nature is being crucified is no longer I, but Christ that lives in me. I get all that. Got it. But flesh is supposed to die. The flesh nature is supposed to die. You're not supposed to die. Jesus already died. He paid the price. It is finished. So leaders, take care of you. As a therapist, as someone that is just wired the way that I'm wired to look deep and to see deep and to ask questions and to help people and to provide strategies, I'm never really impressed by people's gift. I've been around gifted people all of my life. So I'm always looking past people's gift to ask, how are you doing? How are you living? How is your soul? Are you maintaining well? Are you holding up under the pressure? Because at the end of the day, we have this treasure, but it's in earthen vessels. So leaders, Take care of you. Take care of your family. When was the last time you went on vacation with your family? When was the last time you said, I'm not going to church tonight? This is family night. You got all these associate pastors, all these elders. And they're sitting up watching you. When was the last time you put them up and said, tonight is family night. I'm at the church 52 weeks a year. That's not something to brag about. 
Now, this is my leadership side coming out. In the New Testament, you see churches being governed by board of boards of elders. Paul said, appoint elders with an S in every city. So if you're preaching 52 weeks a year, that's not something to brag about. Now, if you're new in ministry, I've been there. I've been in that space. We're coming out of that space as our church hits um, a new ministry stage, a new life stage. So I, I get that. But if you've been in ministry 10, 15 years and you're still preaching every Sunday. Now, this this is just me because this is my podcast. Hallelujah. Something is off with that. Make time for you and your family. Take care of you. Also, if you're being led well, take care of who's leading you spiritually, emotionally, naturally. Take care of who's leading you. Hebrews 13 and 17, the New Living Translation, and this is how I will end this. It says, obey your leaders. Their work is to watch over your souls. I I take that very seriously. That's one of the many conversations I had with the Lord. I was okay being a prophet on the circuit and doing what I do in the marketplace as a therapist and a speaker. I was okay with that. But now you're talking about me being responsible for the souls of other people. More people, more souls for me to watch over. I'm not impressed with numbers because that's more souls. He said, it is their work to watch over your souls and they are accountable. Here is this part. They are accountable to God. This is him, the writer of Hebrews, talking to those that are following. Says they're watching over your souls and they are accountable to God. You're accountable to God for yourself. You answer to God for you and you. But a leader, a pastor, a shepherd is going to answer to God for not just themselves. They're going to answer to God for themselves and you. The last part says give them reason to do to do this with joy. They should be serving you with joy and you as an individual. You can't control your neighbor. You as an individual should be giving them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. For he says that would certainly not be to your benefit. So let's lead well. Let's serve well. Let's follow well. We both have a responsibility. And I wanted to provide that balance today. We are helpers to one another. So you help your leader. They help themselves and then they can help you. So let's be helpers to one another. Let's put these in place, these things and more in place as solutions to help the souls of our leaders. They're watching over our souls. Let's help them in their mental and emotional health. I pray that this has been a blessing to you. If it has, let me know. I'm going to uh, be coming back as I can and as I get more things to share. I'm going to be coming back to share more. Please follow me on all of my social media sites. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. On Twitter, it's Prophet J. Smith. On Facebook, Prophet J. Smith. I also have a leadership page. I have a personal page and a leadership page where I share strictly uh, things on leadership. That's a part of my apostolic grace to help develop leaders and strengthen leaders and even help heal leaders. And so I have a separate Facebook page that is Pastor Joshua P. Smith. So you can find that page as well. On Instagram, you can find me there. It's the Joshua Smith, T H E, 
Joshua Smith. Also, you can go to either of my websites, www.thejoshuasmith.com. That's T-H-E, joshuasmith.com. And also, you can go to my Soul Healing website, which you can find all of our services related to the Soul Healing Initiative, where we'll be traveling and all of that. You can go to www.soul-healing.org. Again, soul healing. Dot O-R-G. As the apostle prayed, I pray that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Grace and peace.